heard across the Resonate Regional Radio Network. It's my time, it's my life. I hope you will come along. This is Rural Queensland Today with Ben Dobbin. Morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today, Wednesday morning the 9th of November. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longridge, 4GC Charters Towers and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. So much to get through this morning on this busy, busy Wednesday. Robbie Catter not far away. We'll catch up with Blair Freeman. Head of Strategy and Sustainability at Indifor, this study about the forestry industry and also uh, trying to make state forests into national parks and the recommendation by them not to touch what is not broken. We'll catch up with him later. We'll talk with Gavin Basket. Cyril Close joins us as well. If you've missed any of our shows, Spotify is where you'll catch us these days. Just go to Ben Dobbin at Rural Queensland today and you can download the show anytime you like. So much to get through on this very, very busy Wednesday morning. This is Rural Queensland. Queensland today, you're with Ben Dobbin across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's get into it. Robbie Catter joins us next. Back to rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network, Wednesday morning, the 9th of November. Robbie Catter joins us um, and obviously the leader of the Catter Party. This blue card issue, uh, we've talked about it uh, on this show. If it's five years, you know, I might be wrong, but uh, it's an injustice for the First Nation Australians and people living Mm -hmm. in remote communities. Now, Anastasia Balachay has no intention of changing or taking on the task of reform. It's an absolute disgrace. And following the inquiry into this, you know, Robbie Catter has been absolutely scathing of the Premier and the Labor government. He joins us this morning. Rob, good morning. Just diabolical. Oh, it is, mate. You know, it just makes a mockery of all this tokenistic stuff they go on about in Parliament and um, in the cities. I live up there, and um, I think it's about twenty percent, around about twenty percent population, first Australians in my um, my electorate. And mate, you know, you talk with them, you mix with them, um, and uh, and they tell you what they they want and what they need. And um, and there's you know, let's face it, a lot of blackfellas have a problem with alcoholism and a lot of social uh, dysfunction goes along with it. And the salvation for it all. Dobbo is a job. That's yeah. how you get out of that. And, and they'll tell you that. That's the main thing that always comes up. You go to Dormagy Mornington Island. And the problem is, you know, those problems uh, radiate out into Mount Isa and all the towns and all through central Queensland. Um, you know, if, if families um, are disrupted and, and they start breaking apart, they all start floating through all the towns. So you, all through western Queensland, we're suffering. From um, that, you know, social disruption that goes along with unemployment and alcoholism, and the, the first step to turn this around is get mum and dad, mum or dad, into work. And yep. the, the few that do sort of present, they get they come clean right over the first hurdle because they can't get a blue card. Yeah. And you think, well, how? And mate, anyone that thinks you're going to stop um, some of the horrible stuff that happened to kids in those communities from waving a blue card around the school or the hospital. Um, you've got rocks in your head. Like that's the majority of stuff happens at home, and um, and where blue card doesn't do any good at all, doesn't make a difference. So, um, yeah, try to put something in the parliament that um, that just allows more decision making at the local level. So that um, you know people can say, look, that's just a drink driving offence that he had. That's 
that's fine. He's he's fine with our kids. That's the that's and, the um, thing. I mean, you can you have no chance of having a blue card after, um, after you have um been given an Yeah, like it's just ridiculous. Any minor offence. So it. I can't I'm get not, a blue card. I've lost my license for six months. It's suspended for six months. At the face court, I can't get a blue card now. Cannot get a blue yeah, card. I, and I mean, it's not a black fellow thing. It's a white fellow thing. Like I've had both men eyes the same. Mate, I was in a fight. 15 years ago or something, now I can't take the kids away for footy. And now the kids aren't going to Townsville for the footy because there's no other volunteers. And, um, you know, so it's, look, it's done with the best intention, the blue car, but it's it's just clunky and um, and, and it's sort of that. Why won't you change it? Risk protection. Oh, just, mate, they're just weak. They're, they're scared of, you know, any policy you bring out, there's going to be gaps in it and there's going to be flaws and there'll be, you know, there'll be some pedophile still slips through the cracks as they always do. There's, Sneaky bastards, and um, and you know they don't want to cop the the backlash in the media for that. But that's that's why you get paid the big bucks. Like that's the whole point of being mature in government. Do you want to fix problems or not? Because I'm trying to bring to you solutions to help uh, in these communities, and they're all screaming out for it. Hundred percent support, mate. And there's every community they go to, they're screaming out. All the mayors. We're very brave and coming out and supporting me, saying we just want to get our people back into work. And how do you even how do you even get our kids to school when they're watching mum and dad now have been um, generational unemployment? So you can't even convince the kids to go to school because they think, why bother? You can't get a job when you get out. And the first step to trying to get them into work is is trying to make the um, the blue card purpose fit and for for you know different types of community. So yeah, mate, I try to do that. And you know they talk about treaty and the voice in parliament and all this. And and that's what you know was said on some of the forums as well. Here's your opportunity to give us a voice, and they don't do it. <laughs> it just makes a mockery of all the all the tokenistic stuff they say down here in Parliament. And um, and you know when we try and actually do something meaningful, uh, they fall over at the first hurdle. So I'm I'm pretty bitter about it, below. Well, uh, no, rightly so, Rob. Rightly so, mate. Um, this is another one. Support starting to grow for a alternative for the juvenile, and this is coming from North Queensland with a football coach and a first aid officer who spent his life working with troubled youth. Finally, and talking to you about a, a rehabilitation trial, um, and uh, with a relocation sentencing policy. Now, let's talk about this. This is a press release that you guys are releasing, and and this is pretty exciting. Mm. It is, mate, and um, you know we, we're getting closer and closer here. Um, you know we've we've been saying it for years, but we've had um, you know we've had some exciting sort of developments with with it, and um, and the you know the youth and crime crisis just keeps escalating, getting more violent um, and um, uh, and and more serious. Um, you know we had another hit and run young fellow and. Man, I was killed on Friday night, and I mean they're not sure, but there's an allegation that it could be another stolen car racing around Jeez. the streets. Um, but the, the stories just keep coming in, and everything just keeps getting worse in terms of that youth crime crisis. And and um, and everyone knows, just get the kids out of town. That's the that's the first start. To, um, you know, there's no point sending them to Cleveland Bay Detention Centre in Townsville. All these kids from anyone in the north and and, and or central Queensland for that may get sent to Cleveland Bay Detention Centre, and you, that's pointless, mate. They're, that's the school of crime now. That's they come out of their worst. The ninety five percent recidivism coming out of Cleveland Bay Detention Centre, and um, and um, 
And when they did the boot camp, when the LMP did the boot camp, I think it was 45% of the kids coming out of there. I mean, any time you see that, um, you take him out of town and try and um, rebuild things that way, you get better results. So it's less likely to commit crimes afterwards. And, uh, and and that's been our policy for many years and pro- providing a, sen- a, a second sentencing option for the magistrate so they can't just, they, they don't have to just send them to Cleveland Bay Detention, youth detention, they can send them out to a, um, you know, a station or a remote um, a remote area where they can do their time 12 months out there and they're forced to do it. There's plenty of programs for kids, but there's none you can force them to do and you need to be able to do that. So it's a great policy, mate. It'll work. And um, and the other good news is Marie Bishai Council put it up as a um, a motion at the local government conference and I think it was, it was over 90% of the council supported it. They all know that that's the answer. So the government's come up with no answers and they keep saying in Parliament, well, what to the um, LNP, what's your answer? What's your answer? And we keep yelling out for occasions that we got the answer. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, but they, they're not, again, they're not brave enough to take it on. And, uh, who knows why? I mean, it's just absolute crazy. And it's so, so much cheaper for them, though. Like the, the Premier went up to Cairns and said, well, our answer is that we're going to look at building another 500 million, half a billion dollars worth. Uh, for a new youth detention centre in Cairns, when the, the first one in Townsville doesn't even work. No. And, uh, mate, a few, you know, these are like mining camps you'd be talking about, youth detention centres out in remote areas. They wouldn't be more than a couple million bucks, a few million bucks to set up. Um, yeah, well, the thing, about it is, the thing about it is you've got to get this government over the line, and it's the only way forward. Uh, we might even re- put that release that uh, obviously – and this is yesterday. You guys obviously are, are very keen to, to to make it an alternative and on country um, relocation for these and get them out of these jails and into a more in, environment where they can rehabilitate, as you call it, a yeah. circuit breaker. Um, and yeah. and it's good that this is now going to be mainstream because obviously it's now starting to to really um, cause some havoc. Robbie Catter joining us this morning. Yeah. We'll take a break. Come back with more on rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Robbie Catter joining us this morning. Um, so much to get through. Now, mate, can we just talk about uh, Catter Party on gas, coal and uranium resources? Like um, the you, you've demanded the Queensland Premier join some of the state leaders calling the Albanese government to immediately implement a national gas reserve policy. This is crucial because we are going to run out. Well, yeah, mate, I mean... People are crying out for cost of living, and the, the federal government just told us um, in their new budget that our energy prices are going up forty percent, and they've been trying. And at the same time, they're still trying to ram all these renewables down their throat, and they try and tell us they're cheaper. They're not. They're not cheaper. Um, they've all had to be subsidised, and um, and we had a cheap source of energy, and it was gas, and um, it was a competitive advantage we had across the rest of the world, but. Um, our stupid government sold it all off for a cheap price and put no safe gaps in place to protect some um, for our own domestic use. They didn't put any protection in place. Most of the rest of the advanced countries in the rest of the world did. Even Western Australia did. But on the East Coast, where, um, with, uh, on our East Coast system of gas, they just um, they just sold it all off to the highest bidders overseas. All the multinationals bought it. goes out through the LNG plants in Gladstone when, uh, once they were commissioned. And it pushed our gas prices up from three or four dollars a gigajoule. They bounced straight up to fifteen, up to twenty dollars a gigajoule initially, and um, and they start nudging forty dollars a gigajoule. They tell me now. So guess what happens? Electricity prices, when uh, you know a major source of energy, and 
It's that stupid that we now import gas in Australia. We were Are it was our serious? competitive advantage. Oh we now God. import gas into Australia where we've got more than enough for ourselves and uh, they built import stations into Australia. Just absolutely nuts. And for years, because they're so wedded to free market ideologies, um, both Liberal and Labor have said for years, no, 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 we've you know, just got to try and produce more gas. No, that's nuts. You've, like the rest of the world, just introduce a gas reserve policy and uh, and you've got some some chance of um, uh, arresting the um, and, or, and perhaps uh, bringing down the cost of energy in Australia. Um, you know, Trump, he did it over in, in the States and it, and it saw a, um, a, you know, rebirth of manufacturing because they got access to cheap gas. So it's, um, uh, so it's, it's what's desperately needed. We've actually been calling it for 10 years, but we've renewed the call now because it's, it's topical and they're going to talk about it and talk about it and, and probably come up with some, some half-baked um, sort of uh, solution, but they, they need to go whole hog. And um, you talk to any big industry groups, and I mean, most farmers are, are concerned about um, the urea. There's the ad blue for the truckies. That all requires gas as an input cost. And uh, you go talk to the head of uh, Dino Nobel in Australia, yep. um, Gibson Island Plant in Brisbane. Go and ask them what would keep that open. The re- response will unquestionably be gas reserve policy. That's yep. nothing, nothing, nothing less. Uh, so it's the answer to so many things, and um, they've just got to get over their stupid, blinded uh, ideology, economic ideology. Saying, "Oh no, no, we can't interrupt the market forces, and we can't have, you know, um, trade embargo, or what do you say, trade sanctions?" Um, uh, in, in, uh, yeah, I get it. Like that in, implemented, and um, and you say, "Well, why not, mate? The rest of the world doing it, and uh, even Western Australia was brave enough to do it." So. That's what's needed, mate, and uh, and we're going to be um, pushing really hard on that one. The ring road in Rockhampton, disgraceful decision by the Albanese government, but also you've now got, you know, and this is the in Chartist Towers, you've got mining jobs lost as well with the small town mm-hmm. being left really 150 jobs lost overnight following the shutdown of the um, Thalanga mine. You know, now, like, I mean, 150 jobs in, in Chartist Towers, it, it, it's unsustainable. These towns just can't – they can't operate like that. In the cities, that happens, but it can't happen in the bush. Yeah, a big deal, mate. I used to get a couple of mates to work there. I grew up in Charles Towers. So um, uh, that is a problem. I mean, they, there is plenty of work around, but, it, you know, um, they might float. Uh, a lot of those people now and for Charles Towers, that's that's a big deal. Um, yeah, and the other issue associated with that, Dolo, is, um, you know, a lot of people would have experienced out there – you get these receiver managers come in, and I tell you what, there's some unscrupulous people in uh, work in that space where, um, you know, suddenly a club or a mine or a, a business entity goes broke, and, and um, you know, there can be a um, couple of million bucks sitting there, and it's when gone. the creditors finally go, it's just all gone, disappeared yeah. in the thin air, and the receivers uh, seem to always do pretty well out of it. And uh, that happened in another mine there, and, and, and the workers are always, uh, you know, ones that lose. So, um, um, your dad, um, my father got fit, stuck right into them at the uh, rece- first receiver managers meeting, and, and we'll be keeping a sharp eye on how they operate. Cause, um, it's a real concern, a isn't of, um, it? It's a real concern. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's worthy of a royal commission. But, um, but um, just in that, in that, that with that incident, we'll be watching that very closely. Yeah. Good luck, mate. Appreciate your time this morning, and thank you so much for being with us. Lots going on. And as usual, is, you, 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 um, I mean, today's another day in Parliament where you guys are up against a Premier that absolutely 
is all about herself and the party. She just absolutely doesn't care, and she she unapologisingly says that as well. She she's not interested. Uh, any any question that gets made towards her, it's always dead battered, and she's sent in a different direction. So best of luck today, and mate, I really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, Dolan. I appreciate you keeping up the fight for the bush. Good on you, mate. We'll uh, talk again. Robbie Catter, member for Trago, leader of the Catter Party Australia. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today, Wednesday morning, the 9th of November. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's get a Roma update with Cyril Close from Topex Roma and Topex Australia. Cyril, good morning. In excess of 5,000 head there again. And obviously, uh, as we march towards the end of the year, cattle have a bit of wait, a few dry days, and, uh, and obviously the market people – Starting to chase some cattle. Yeah, mate, yeah. Um, 5,700 for the day, uh, Tuesday, and uh, quite a uh, solid yarding of heavier cattle, mate. Um, and probably no surprises there with the season the way it's been. So, um, yeah, cattle with condition on them, uh, heavier in feeder brackets, but also uh, kill cattle. So talk to me, um, obviously, that was always going to be expected. Are we talking like that mid-range 350 to 450, a lot of those younger cars with a lot more weight, or are you talking top end four to 500? Yeah, a bit of both, mate. Like a bit of both, essentially. Like the condition on the cattle now, like the store cattle, which is still a good representation of your of your store store condition cattle score two and three. But there are some uh, superior cattle coming along with a bit more cover on them in, in all categories. You know, whether they're from sort of two fifty through to uh, five hundred to you know six hundred plus kilo bullocks and and five hundred plus kilo cows, sort of thing. How was that job? So bullocks, uh, they were probably just a shade. If, Easier than last week, a few cents off the pace, but still uh, good heavy bullocks. And, and they were, as I say, heavy. They were heavy bullocks, um, making well and truly uh, 420, uh, whereas last week was sort of seeing 430 achieved, uh, but mid 420s there this week. And then um, if they were sort of heavy weights at 700 kilos, they were short, uh, sub $4 mark into the three, in the 390 bracket. And it was a good representation of bullocks, um, heavy feeder steers. They uh, still got out at well over $5 uh, in your 400 to 500 kilo bracket. Uh, and, you know, good numbers of those represented and uh, still good solid competition there. And then as you got back into your lighter end of your feeders, uh, you sort of well and truly were mid fives and getting closer to $6 uh, on your trade types. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's a good result. I mean, we... we we don't know what to expect in the new year, but the demand at the moment, and obviously there is New South Wales are in, in a hell of a mess and as well as throw in harvest, I mean, there's always going to be, I'm not saying patches, but that's a very good result for that kind of yarding with the circumstance that's gone on. It's still very wet in a lot of places. That's right, and we did see good solid competition out of the New South Wales um, sector with uh, on the lighter cattle, especially... Um, you know, the, the lighter wiener cattle and steers and heifers that were there, there was good solid support from that area. So, yeah, if it, the roads ever dried out down there for them to get moved a few cattle, I'm pretty sure that it'd stay, stay solid. Yeah. Mate, little cattle, how was that job? Yeah, there were some nice little uh, black steers there that uh, were, you know, store weight, weaned, been weaned, and uh, they made uh, up to $8 at, at, and ran that 200 to 220 kilo mark, 750 to $8. So, you know, outstanding there, but good Angus cattle. Um, with you know, without the bloom on them, you know, there were some of the ones there that didn't have the bloom on them, and uh, and other weaners were sort of yeah, anywhere from six dollars through to you know early sevens, depending on where they fell in that weight range. Um, strong, strong competition on those lighter weight cattle from you know local and and away. Yeah, and um, 
it, it, it is it, it is the way it is going to be, isn't it? Like, you know, and we talk about that. Projections show that everything's going to be just rolling along. Like, we don't want to – there's no real biosecurity risks at the moment, but people need to be vigilant. But there's going to be a season now. If, if it, it does stop raining, the summer is going to be quite amazing just the way – the, the grass matter is there, there's so much grass through your neck of the woods. Yeah, and it's not there. It's going to be there, mate. Like the buffalo, it's still cool. Like it's cool here again this morning. There's a wind and it's and it's cool. I don't know what the temperature is, but it's not much above 10 degrees or 12 degrees. It's probably um, uh, just now it's cool out in it. So, um, you know, the buffalo would like a little bit of heat, mate, without it. We don't want to bring summer on in a hurry, but uh, I think you'll find it to grow more with a bit more heat. And, you yeah. know, down the track with the full profile of moisture, there's definitely going to be a pair of feed that. Um, yeah, let's just get the sun around for a few weeks now. Let these harvest fellas get some grain off, mate, so we can keep the, the whole whole industry going. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, uh, good things, obviously. Mate, what's the close date for Roma? Do we know it exactly? Yeah, uh, 13th. I, I believe it's the 13th, right? It's uh, remiss of me, but I'm pretty sure if the last Tuesday is about the 13th of uh, December, your last half. Yeah. Yep, and obviously yep. from and then, then we'll have about a month break, and it's about around about the thirteenth again when we open again yeah. in, in January. Yeah, everybody will need yep. it. There's no two ways about it. It's uh, everybody needs a break uh, as we march towards uh, another year. Appreciate your time this morning, as usual, mate. On a Wednesday with an update, Roma strong again. Dolby just getting underway, and obviously uh, sort of similar to the market at, as we speak of what happened at Roma yesterday. Cyril Close, appreciate your time. Thanks, Ben. Good on you. We'll catch up again shortly. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Let's go to our good friend in Winton, Gavin Basket, the Winton Mayor, who joins us this morning. He's a proud mayor as well. I mentioned this yesterday, the Royal Theatre of Winton winning um, a big, big award at the Queensland Tourism Awards uh, over last week. This is off the back of the outstanding contribution by the volunteers groups that helped put this absolute icon of a theatre uh, back into operation. Gav, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. G'day, Dobbo. How you going, mate? It just keeps on going from strength. I'm well. goes from strength to strength with your town. Another big tourism award won. So there's a lot going on in your neck of the woods. Mate, yeah, fantastic to see uh, Winton Movies Incorporated who run the Royal Theatre. Uh, the Everett family win the award for the best volunteer group from, group from the Queensland uh, tourism awards and it's great recognition for the work they've done over the last couple of years. You got a but look. You've got a, a, an amazing town that you live in, and it, you know it started by agriculture, but tourism now plays such an important part. How hard was it to get everybody to adapt? I mean, people in the bush don't like change, and you know they really don't. But it, it seems to have, that that it is a perfect unison at the moment. You've got. You know, obviously, agriculture underpinning it. You've got a little bit of mining, but tourism is a huge factor as well. Mate, yeah, it's a big part of our local economy and our tourism. Ag is still not the number one economic driver and getting bigger and bigger through the price of the properties and uh, stock at the moment. But tourism is a very big, important part of the industry and places like Australian Age of Dinosaurs and um, the Wasmatilla Centre and what they've done with the Royal Theatre just adds way more to our economy. It, it creates more jobs and give those businesses a massive boost during the tourist season. We've got four band parks now. We're looking to get another couple of motels built, and the local tourism operators now got four buses. So it's just getting bigger and bigger, and the whole community is 
behind it needs support it because we're all in the tourism industry when there's people visiting town and walking around the main street. Yeah, and that's the big thing, isn't it? These kind of awards only, you know, it's a volunteer. It, it, it is great for the recognition, but you need to all be on the same page and you've got that at the moment. Yeah, mate. So we're, um, back in 1968, we had uh, Peter Evert and Vince and Charlie Flott and a few others got the Winton Tourism Association going. That was the same time as Australian Tourism Association. And long before there was any others in Western Queensland, and they could see the vision of not only Winton but outback Queensland, the people want to come here, and that was uh, great foresight back then. And um, now it's just got bigger and better. And I'm not sure if they even would have envisaged how big tourism would be in uh, Winton and outback Queensland. What will your summer be like? I know it's hot, but do you still expect the nomads and 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 the tourism dollar to be there? Because still a lot of people aren't that flash on on travelling overseas at the moment. Yeah, there's still quite a few people floating around. Well, it hasn't got hot. We had two hot days there last week up to 43, and since then it's been beautiful. Had the bloody beanie and hoodie back out last week for a few days, and weather like that, people still travel. Until you get a few days in the 40s, they start to turn around and head south, but you'll always get the hardy ones that um, come out through Christmas period, and and they like coming out when it's quieter. There's not as many people around. You can get a spot in the caravan park or in the motel, and that's where um, we've got to try and keep these little communities, few things open during the Christmas period as well, just so uh, you can still cater for the tourists. That's the big thing, isn't it? Like trying to trying to make sure that you've got you've got some of those stuff there. Mate, talk to me. There's some wonderful things going on outside of that. You've got some big stuff happening and so just talking to me off air, some really exciting things going on in your town. Yeah, mate. Well, we've got the uh, Way Out West Fest next year. End of March, early April, which uh, we've engaged PBR to do that. And looking That's forward huge. to that. It'll be a great weekend of some two nights of bull riding. And then we've got the Freestyle Kings motorbike shows, which are the best fellas in the world. And two nights of uh, entertainment on the stage. So really looking forward to that. And be a big kickstart to our tourist season because, like, we're just talking about how great tourists are for the local economy. And that'll get them out here in late March, early April, and hopefully – the start of another great season. Yeah, that's obviously really a really big part of, and underpins what you're doing. You're also going to take on the longest day a golf tournament where you're going to play how many holes of golf in one day? So 72 holes in one day, December 11, to uh, for Queensland Cancer Council to raise uh, money to try and get some research into preventing cancer and um yeah, no, it's going to be a big day, Dobbo, middle of summer, Jeez. 72 holes, probably 12 or 13 hours, but uh, it's a small price to pay to raise money for people that are, that are battling cancer. So, yeah, sort of am looking forward to it, not looking forward, but um, all my mates out there and people in Winton and friends on Facebook, get on there and let's Sponsors. put a few sponsorships on there and let's raise some money for this. Uh, great cause. Yeah, you're dead right. Um, I do need to congratulate you before you before I let you be. Um, the rail yards at Winton have been a contentious issue and throughout there with the rise and the council have bought them now. Thank God. You know, the trains will run again and you've got this back under control. Yeah, this is the discussions we've been having for rise for quite a few years now and sort of fell off the table when the tender went out there for the cattle trains. But, uh, Watco got the tender, and to Ryzen's credit, they come back to the table, and we've held some discussions over the last six months or so, and now we've finally got control of the rail yards. We've purchased that and all the land around it, and that's great for our uh, local cattle industry because moving forward over the next 20, 30, 50 years, it doesn't matter who's got the contract with the cattle trains. 
But no, they can always load them out of the Winton Yard. So That's the just, most uh, important thing, isn't it? That you'll be able to. That they'll be able to. You 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 have control because it was just diabolical. The other situation. It was. Yeah, it was unattainable. Like going forward with uh, the people that owned the yard didn't have the trains, and there was a bit of heave ho and blue one going on there. So now that we've got them, their local industry and even further up north can all truck their cattle down here to the end of the line and put them on the train. They can head to Rocky and Dinmore, and it just creates that continuity and a bit of security going forward so yeah fantastic news and just like to uh, also acknowledge and thank horizon for coming to the table and getting this deal done yeah that's a good news story gav to top it off uh mate enjoy your wednesday uh it's a great town and we're really honored to have you on the say and where do people go to find a sponsor for your 72 hole the longest day whereabouts do they go to get that? oh just on me just on my Facebook page, mate. I'm not sure if you can go on the Queensland Council uh, website and look for it. Just go on my Facebook page. There's a little donate bit there, and you can donate from the smallest amount to the large amount, but 100% of the money is going to this great cause. Just get rid of cancer. Good on you. Gavin Basket, Winton Mayor. Appreciate your time this morning. Thanks, mate. Thanks, Bobo. See you, mate. Cheers, brother. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Blair Freeman is the Head of Strategy and Sustainability for Indefor. Um, the peak state body for the forest and timber industry in Queensland has welcomed a landmark study into the long-term benefits from state forests in the south and central Queensland as compared to if they were managed as national parks. Blair, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us. Good morning, Ben. Good to be with you. These kind of studies are always so um, important because they obviously look at maybe which is the way for best practices and the way to approach the management of these forests, um, comparing them to national parks and, and looking at the costs incurred and, and, and whether or not it's going to have a social benefit. What was the big outcome from from this landmark study? Thanks, Ben. The main study is that State forests, if we can sort of refer to them as that, forests that are managed for multiple uses provide a very substantial value for society. And what we were comparing was if all of those areas of state forests that are managed for multiple uses occurred across to, say, a national park status or status, yep. what would be the, the change in value that's derived from society? And and what we found was that there there is a sort of a net benefit overall from that multiple-use forests, the, the, the values that they provide are, are, are very substantial. And if, if all of that was transferred across, it would represent a, a significant loss for Queensland, for South and Central Queensland in terms of the benefits. So I can break that down a bit for yeah. you in terms of sort of what those sort of values are and why that is. But, but, but the headline is, is around the, um, that sort of total sort of goods and ecosystem services those multiple-use forests provide. So, and you've also got the timber production, lower emissions through the carbon captured in the forest as well, um, in the harvested wood products. So that they would be uh, enormous value if managed properly of the state forest that you'd lose that potentially, wouldn't you? That's right, Ben. That's a key feature of it. Um, and in Queensland, it's conducted using selective timber harvesting practices related under the Queensland Parks and Wildlife Service Code of Practice. Yep. Um, they're quite low impact relatively low impact sustainable timber harvesting that provides sort of a range of benefits and that came through in our study. Those benefits are providing a, a revenue stream for the state to actually sort of manage fire protection, to do sort of biodiversity conservation work, uh, to improve the health of forests through removing invasive species. Um, it also 
it, there's also benefits for the state in terms of uh, reducing reliance on imported sort of timber products um, and and socioeconomic development associated with with jobs and valuating. <clears throat> but importantly, it's not just about the timber production. Uh, multiple-use forests provide this broader range of benefits, such as uh, beekeeping is a significant sure. one in terms of honey honey production. Yeah. It also allows beekeepers to um, make their bees available for pollination services. Well, they're going to ban the them from national parks. So if they convert over, you know, I think there's a 13-year window or something ridiculous like that, they're going to ban them. So, you it's know. Been extended. Yeah. Exactly, Ben. It's been extended through to 2044, but it's something we did highlight in the report that, that multiple-use forests sort of provide us a, a, a haven, of a place where beekeepers can keep their sort of bees, and if that was to be excluded out of national parks, that would be a, a significant sort of, uh, significant economic sort of cost, um, as well as um, uh, the some of the sort of the ecological values that, that apiarists provide as well. Yeah, can I ask you this? I mean, clearly, and, and I'm reading between the lines here, we'd like to see the state forest stay as the state forest and not, not become national parks. Am I right in saying that? Broadly, broadly, that's it, the, the conclusion, Ben, because, yeah, because and I would like to highlight that national parks are, are critically important to the state. We, no the, the report recognises the value that national parks provide for those natural and cultural values and particularly those really sort of special places we, we have no in doubt, but they're not managed. But they're not managed. They haven't been managed properly, and that's not for you to say. But I can say that. And if we put more state, if we cross the state forestries over there, it just sheer weight of, you know, you talked, you highlighted some of the potential risks and stuff that we need to do earlier. Uh, it could go down a very, very slippery slope very quickly. And and we have some amazing national parks here, but there is also countless, you know countless uh, occasions where there is some drama and when we have a plan with the state forests, I mean, how many state, how, many, how much country in Queensland is under state forestry? Well, we, we looked at the south and central area then, particularly with our study, um, which had, has about uh, 4.3 million hectares. Um, of that, about one point, um, 2.6 million was in, in state forests and the, the remit rest is in a national parks and reserves. Yeah. So quite a substantial area that we're talking about in south, you know, up, up to just north of, of uh, So considerable area that we're talking about here that if, if it was to sort of change completely, that would be a, a fundamental shift in land management. I, I guess, Ben, what I would say to that point, do talk about that in our report, that, that these values, the goods and the ecosystem services need to be supported by a high level of source. Yep. both in the state forest and national parks. But, but what we are particularly highlighting in our study is that national parks, um, because of their primary focus on biodiversity conservation and uh, and sort of preservation, they ex- exclude a range of other values um, that, that, that society is looking for. Um, and we're also trying to sort of highlight that through the study is that multiple-use forests uh, also provides many of those same values: biodiversity conservation, carbon sequestration. Um, it, and it's it's a complementary type of uh, forest management model. Um, if you're looking for national parks to do it all, they they can't. They're they not set up for that. Yep. And there's and there's the resourcing issue that you flagged. 
Yeah, I, I think this is a great study um, and we need to keep our forestries. And, and I, I thank you, Blair, for being with me this morning and obviously highlighting this. This is something that's obviously one thing we haven't talked about and, I, and, and I'm pleased that the study did identify the importance of the engagement of the First Nation people on the management of the public native forests and their, their values and, and their input to it. You, you really highlighted that as well, which I think is very, very important. Thank you, Ben. I agree. Fundamentally important. We're talking about large areas of, of land uh, that um, for, for traditional owners, Indigenous Australians, that were looking to sort of uh, access uh, their country um, and, and their values and natural cultural values. So sort of a, a, a shift here in terms of um, looking at how state forests are managed needs to be done in close consultation and, and, and deliberation with First Nation peoples. Yeah. Oh, well, I really appreciate you giving us some input into this. Head of Strategy and Sustainability for Indifor, um, Blair Freeman, thank you so much this morning on this day. And let's hope that the forestries and the national parks prosper um, and that everybody gets the benefit out of them long term. Really appreciate your time this morning. Thanks very much, Ben. Great to be with you. We'll take a break. Come back. Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here at Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Wednesday morning, the 9th of November. Have a great day, Queensland, and stay safe wherever you are. Remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning from 9. Ray Hadley to join you next. Till next time, it's bye for now.